Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Yar, mateys, this be the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club. As always, I would be Nate, and this scurvy dog goes by the name of John Bizworm. John, what is going down on your poop deck? <laughs> oh, Nate. Um... <laughs> Things have been busy, man, on the soccer front for me. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to catch as many. We talked recruiting last week. I've been trying to catch as much soccer as possible as the college boys seasons are winding down. So if you need me for the next, like, two, three weeks, I will be in a bunker with an internet connection streaming matches. Some Luther kids are looking good. Will Kidd has been looking especially good. Yeah, leading the Mayak in goals. Yeah. Uh, very... Very different player this year, and we can only attribute that to Minneapolis City, of course. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, well, John, make sure when you're in your bunker, you stock up on canned goods and bottled water and all sorts of yep. moonshine. We have a fantastic show for the folks this week. We have, um, we hit in the mailbag. We got, we got another email, and it is not from our official, unofficial content creator. It is someone new, so that'll be exciting. Uh, coming up here this weekend, there is this uh, 50K to the Midway thing going on. And uh, as as our cousins will take the uh, take on the entire galaxy, the whole <laughs> galaxy is coming. The whole galaxy. The guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> and, uh, and we're also really excited to welcome a very special guest joining us all the way from Boulder, Colorado, uh, as we bring on one of the good ones in amateur soccer, the uh, owner of Harpo's FC johnny freeston that'll be really cool uh, but first let's get to that mailbag we have a new contributor and his name is jake mercer he's a longtime listener first time emailer all the way from toledo ohio jake writes i was interested in learning more about the minneapolis city membership program do you have a count of how many members there were in 2018 is there a way that you can track to see if those memberships are being used aka are they providing butts in the seats or are there a lot of members who support the cause from afar i see that the membership gives people the potential to be on the board but does that lead to higher member engagement on its own that's a good question any potential new benefits for 2019 outside the scarf design a lot of questions there jake to break down and uh john will uh will do that here thanks for signing off he says hope to hear another pod real soon Always enjoy to hear what Minneapolis City is up to. Yeah, that's right, Jake. Everyone should enjoy to hear what Minneapolis City is up to. Thank you so much for the email. Well, I mean, it's coming from all the way out uh, in Ohio. Yeah, we so. got to answer it. Yeah, so we got reach, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, Jake, first off, thank you so much for being part of the show. Um, to answer your first question, yes, we do have a count of memberships from 2018. There were roughly 225 members um, that were paying members, and 50 of which of those were from out of town, which is roughly about 30% 
higher of an increase than we had in 2017. We did, however, see our average off the street traffic dip because of the move from Osseo last year um, to our, our home in Minneapolis at Augsburg, um, where we saw that that number much larger. So it, it's easy for us to say that this year, um, our members were the ones that were doing the heavy lifting from butts in the seats. So um, we can track that. But moving into a location that's more centralized um, for folks in the city, uh, we have less of a hard time tracking if all those people are, are showing up So with, with the, the street traffic. So uh, hopefully that answered your question. Um, there's also, uh, to your second point, there's also quite a few folks that, like we mentioned with 50 of them, um, buying memberships <clears throat> from afar. And, and those members actually donate their game tickets for use um, – for our charity events. So uh, they go to really good hands um, with almost all of them going to kids who are participate in the camps and programs. You know, we were, we're out and about and the YMCA's and big brothers, big sisters program um, with our players volunteering throughout the summer. So majority of those tickets go to, um, to those, those kids or those teams we're working with <clears throat> from a board perspective. Uh, the highest honor as a board member um, that can be attained <laughs> is <clears throat> excuse me, to be president of the board. Um, and that's an elected position and one that uh, us as founders work extensively with on all important decision-making as a club. Um, and as of right now, to your last point, we, we are kicking around some ideas that uh, are new for being a member. Um, you know, uh, now that we have the club shop, we can actually do a little bit more for members. Um, but those are all in concept mode. So keep an eye out and an ear out for those that come down uh, the channels real soon. Clearly, uh, you're probably not going to be taking advantage of all of them if you're a member in Ohio. But if you if you do become a member, really, uh, r really encourage it because you not only become part of the club, but you also get the perks of um, spreading soccer to some of the kids that uh, maybe are a little less fortunate and couldn't afford game a game ticket or um, or they haven't been exposed to soccer at our level. So I uh, really think you should do that if you're not already, Jake. But thank you again. Yeah, one of the things, John, that I like um, as a member is the little sneak peek that you get into things that the club is planning via voting. Because sometimes, every once in a while, a couple times, three times a year, we'll get an email that's like, hey, the club is thinking of doing this. Do you agree with it? Mm -hmm. And I think I remember like that's what happened the first year with the U23 team too. The club is thinking of doing this, but that means blah. Do you agree with it? I feel like it got voted down until we were most ready to do it, right? Or like it did, yeah. Yep. Or like the club is thinking about um, a new kit. Do you do you, which kit do you choose? And then we end up making them all anyway. Or the you know choosing the new Cla scarf, classic, yeah, classic, classic us. Classic us. But um, that's the kind of cool thing is you get these little you get these little glimpses into what's going to happen in the next season with Minneapolis City, and you get a, you get a little bit of a voice in uh, in you know forging the the destiny of the team, which I like a lot. You totally do, yeah. I think we uh, what what do we say in our closing? Um, be part of the club that loves to give back. So. Be part of the club. Let's get back, man. Yeah, it's it's important. Uh, but thank you again, Jake. Uh, we really appreciate you. Do want to get into soccer Valhalla, don't you, Jake? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's what I was looking for. Yep, thank you. Th th yeah, thank you for that. Potentially time to give, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we really appreciate it, Jake. Um, as we note, always uh, 
we we appreciate all questions, comments, and concerns. And Bryn's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. His back's getting <laughs> a little tired. So, uh, folks, uh, reach out just like Jake did. We'll we'll give you the uh, the rundown at the end of the show on how you can do so. Uh, but Nate, we talked about it in the opening. This fifty uh, k to midway. Our cousins across town, Minnesota United, have been making a push for their last home match before they move into their new soccer mecca or their palace next year that is the Allianz Arena to break a record for a single game regular season attendance in Minnesota by putting 50,000 butts in seats. Mm -hmm. I think it's a cool idea. Um, It's fun. It gives the game like that party atmosphere that would very much so if you if you stop by the club shop and, and you met up with any of the old kicks members, um, definitely a party going on every day when they when they laced up. Yeah. So I, I like it for for those reasons. I also like it because it prompts maybe the casual fan to join in on the fun um, and, and maybe get bit by that soccer bug, Nate, that, that may get them interested in, in the team or soccer in general moving forward. And, and what we've seen in the past for, for us is that folks who maybe not uh, given the opportunity to grow up with the game, ha- but they found it later in life, yeah. um, have attached themselves to what we're doing. So I think events like this in our city um, help people get exposure to soccer, and there's got to be a trickle-down effect to what to what we do i mean not only that uh, but they're basically giving these tickets away and so that means like a lot of kids from community centers across minneapolis and st paul are going you mm -hmm. know with their you know with their coaches and things like that and it's it's kind of one of those things where these kids probably wouldn't have the opportunity to go see a minnesota united game in mm -hmm. the in the future especially when it's at allianz so it's really cool to get them in get that huge environment see what it would be like to play in front of you know 50,000 people and really kind of get that bug going for the kids too. Right, exactly. It also gives the game a much needed level of meaning since the team really has nothing to play for <laughs> since being knocked out of the playoffs some time ago. True. And, and a big and capital letters, it gives the man, the myth, the legend Zlatan Ibrahimovic the chance to do something wild in front of a lot of people. So I don't know, maybe he'll take his clothes off and run around or maybe he'll wear a dress like Dennis Rodman did. I don't know. What, whatever he's going to do, um, he himself is worth the price of admission on his own. Um, and he has confirmed. Uh, I know he doesn't really make away trips to play on turf. Yeah. Even the shitty turf at, uh, at TCF. But he did say that um, he will be making the trip, and in very Zlatan fashion, <laughs> he re he he released the following statement today, uh, and th these are his words in quotes: "I owe them to come. Obviously, they don't have this crowd every home game, so I'm sure they are not coming for Minnesota. So I come, <laughs> I make them enjoy." <laughs> 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 and uh, that... only Zlatan can help the poor bored fans of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that is why I love I that come. guy. I make them enjoy. I know, right? I and 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 you have to hear it in his voice when we say it. Yep. Um, but that is why I absolutely love this guy. Not only is he a great player, like once in a generation type player, he is a once in a generation type uh just individual and you know i don't know nate what are your thoughts on the whole thing yeah man uh you know zlatan is the king of soccer shade i didn't know he was such a personality 
Yeah. You know, he was kind of quiet leading up to even the 2014 World Cup. Obviously, Sweden did, uh, he did not play for Sweden in this latest World Cup. So we haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, and he's been kind of bouncing around, you know, injured at Man U, coming to L.A. We don't get we don't get a lot of L.A. coverage here. So it's going to be great to see him. I'm really excited. Hopefully he does something amazing, and I hope he gives ho- hope he gives us some really good sound bites while he's here. Um, <laughs> Can you top that one? No, I mean... that's so good. <laughs> just like before you even get there, it's just a total fuck you to the team. Uh, <laughs> well, but... I remember when he signed for L.A., he took out a full page ad in the LA Times and said you're welcome. Basically said you're welcome, yeah. <laughs> so I think the reputation of our turf has unfortunately kept away more than a few of the MLS's stars. So this is going to be a special treat, John. Um, are you going to go to the game? I'm not thinking about it. If, there's a there's a few um, a few uh, individuals connected to the U.S. soccer world that I kind of have have some. Uh, some relationships with that are coming in town for the game. And, you know, I, um, with a family at four o'clock on a Sunday, it's kind of tough, but, yeah. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe try. I don't know. You want to go to the maybe game you'll... with me, John? I mean, I might, yeah. I might, if, if, if the offer's there, <laughs> I, I can, I'll definitely, I'll definitely think about it. I can get but... you in the door then you can ditch me and go talk to all your soccer VIPs that you want. No way, man. You're coming along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll. Nice. That's how I roll. I, I never forget the little guy. Well, either way, <laughs> either way, I'm excited to see Zlatan. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good Sunday, even though um I'm not excited to deal with fifty thousand people converging on US or on a TCF Bank Stadium. It'll end up being like eleven thousand. It's <laughs> it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's a fair record, you know, to be like, well, we're gonna be, we're gonna break the record. You're like, it's fake. Like, you think the kicks were giving away tickets like that? Like, hey, come on, we've got a record to break. No, they were just like, people were really actually interested in seeing them. Uh, yeah, you know, so maybe we'll get seven. How, how much does TCF fit? So, maybe do a, a little I mean, quick, it's got to uh, be something like 60. 60 to all right. 70. All right, well, get, give us a, a second here, folks. Um, let's see if we can't find the capacity a quick google search hang on here uh, Fifty thousand eight hundred and five. Oh, so we're packing okay. it to the gills yeah standing room only folks um so i bet you if i if i had a dog in the in the in the hunt here i bet you that there will be fifty one thousand announced and they'll count the standing room folks yeah probably but it may look like there's only 13 there. <laughs> 13 people? <laughs> oh, 13,000. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, U.S. Bank holds six, almost 67,000, so that record could definitely be broken. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but anyways, 50K to Midway. We'll be there. It's It's got a good marketing ring to it, so good luck. You know it's going to be successful. So a few weeks back, I had the opportunity to sit down and crush a few beers with this week's guest. And honestly, I really wish I would have just hit record and let everyone enjoy the conversation that we had uh, at that time as much as I did. But th- the next best thing that we can offer is a fresh rap session with the man at the helm of one of the most successful and just all around um, awesome amateur soccer sides in America. We are pleased to welcome from Harpo's FC, Mr. Johnny Freeston. Johnny, thanks for uh, linking back up with us, man, and agreeing to come on the show this week. How are how are things out west? 
Oh yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, everything is excellent, man. I uh, had an amazing trip uh, to Minneapolis, including some quality time at the club shop with you, <laughs> with you and Dan in, in a number of Oktoberfest. Uh, and, uh, I believe like, all the Oktoberfest. <laughs> dude, we put that down. And uh, but no, man, life is good on all fronts. Family, work, and play. I can't complain at all. <laughs> awesome. So before we start, is this the first podcast you've been on? No, um, actually, um, I think. I've done, I've done probably fifteen or twenty. Yeah, John, um, guy like him. This isn't the first. Uh, we're not his first roller coaster ride, man. Right. That was just, right? that, this is a softball to give you some street cred with the podcasters. So yeah, it's been around the block. Yeah, I've been around the block. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's good. I have to give a shout out to our old uh, friends. They they were called Flaco Glossed. Yeah, so I'm. Fr- in, do you know them? Yeah, you know I'm pretty good friends with Todd. Yeah. He, yeah, he, so they were uh, in Denver, and that was just all like pouring one out um, when they left. Um, but yeah, yeah. That we used to do a lot of work with them. <laughs> yeah, John, didn't that guy come by here a couple times? And I think we had him on the show for a second well, when he's I was from sick. Here. Yeah, he's from here. So he, um, uh, I've been on a couple times with them, and um, so was Dan. And then when they, when they, um, they shut up the shop, we had him come on when you were uh, when you were out sick. Yeah, yeah, he was our guest host. Cool. So Johnny uh, of Harpo's FC, your team kind of bucks the system in that you guys went with a non-geographical name. Uh, what is the story behind the Harpo's name? <laughs> That's a good question, man. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's as grassroots as it comes and as Sunday league as it gets. Um, Harpo's sports bar and grill was round basically in Boulder for years and uh, before that it was called the barrel house and so when i surfed around different teams in the city of boulder leagues i ended up joining the, the team the barrel house and then became harpos and so as uh time and players and culture you know kind of carried on um, eventually we decided to to keep the name and unfortunately last year it was a doozy we uh we we, we lost the bar the bar closed oh um so that was like a serious sucker punch. I got a call in the morning and I had to come pick up like the 25 trophies. And it was like, literally we just like threw down, had some beers, drank some whiskey, uh, smoked a little bit of weed. And then uh, we called it a day. <laughs> I didn't go to work that day, obviously. And um, so we decided to keep the name Harpo's. So the big thing that changed for us from the beginning of open cup runs and like 15 till now is that we literally used their logo. That was what people knew us as. Mm-hmm. And so it had an apostrophe in it. So over time, I crowdsourced, um, ended up working with Custom FC out of the UK. And they, they won the bid, so to speak. And we crowdsourced for uh, a formal badge. And so then we took the apostrophe out. They made a badge that was based on you know, Colorado, the mountains, the lifestyle, our motto. Yeah. Um, Brothers Character Excellence. And so we're, we're officially Harpo's FC. And... Um, the only other Harpo's that I know of and that, that you know, we've done in the research uh, is uh, Oprah Winfrey's publishing company. <laughs> That's, I suppose, yeah. So, you know, if she wants to come battle, that, that, come, I'd rather have come a conversation. Come at us, Oprah. But, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, it, I, it would make for an amazing conversation over some vino, right? So I'm like, yeah, for sure. right, well. um, But that's it. So we've stuck with Harpo's FC. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've had some interesting feedback, like, to your point, like, how, why not, you know, Boulder, you know, United or Colorado Cougars, or I always like Boulder Blaze, 
you know? I always thought that was, like, the coolest name. And then we had wildfires, so it was a little tacky, but I was like, whatever, dude, Boulder Blaze. I mean, it just, everyone, you know, it's synonymous with Colorado and all this. And yeah. um, honestly... We're blazing we, as a way of life, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's there, you know, and uh, I'm a deadhead, so it, it's part for the course. But, you know, amazingly enough, when we did the crowdsource piece, we had 20 different graphic designers um, across the world, really, reach out and reply and say they wanted to throw bids in. And we whittled it down, but I also talked to advertising and branding and marketing firms, and all of them told us to keep Arcos. Yeah, I mean, it, it's super unique, and it separates you, like I said, from any other soccer team that, that just appears in America, just like Minneapolis City did, where you're like, where are we? We're in Minneapolis. That's our name. <laughs> Dude, I love it, though. And I love the logo, like the, the, the first one that was kind of like in the... Um, hexagonal or not hexagonal sign but like the diamond shape and then it yeah. had like just the letters and i'm like this is clever though the way you did it the, the the colors like the 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 font um it was it was super smart and it screamed like hipster city and i was like this is cool <laughs> i agree i agree so you have been you guys have been around for a while um have you kind of always kept the same field then like have you been have you had the same home field the whole time and has that kind of helped build your uh, you know, build your name around the Boulder area? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it started off as a, as a uh, play in Sunday League, and, and it's literally called the City of Boulder League, and hey, they have pro Ralph, believe it or not. What? And uh, oh, just, like, <laughs> just like John's amateur Sunday League. Yeah, yeah, right? For, like, for the different teams up there, like Stegman. So no, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was cool. So there are a couple divisions. and um, So yeah, I mean, it's we played at uh, what's called the Pleasant View Soccer Complex. It's actually this gorgeous like 10 field grass complex that looks up at the flat irons which is kind of the symbol of, of boulder it's the mountains that look like you know reverse like ironing board irons that yeah. just literally jut up out of the earth and um so that's kind of where we made our name bread and butter and now we play in a league called the colorado premier league we've been there for gosh probably six years now and we played a different place which is in between boulder and denver called broomfield so we play on this like really kind of cool open space park with 20 some odd fields and turf fields and you know grass fields and and so that's that's kind of where we've gone from boulder to broomfield and uh for branding purposes and putting the you know the the word out so to speak uh we try to play against marquee opponents so yeah you know we'll play at at college campuses we'll play against you know switchbacks at their stadium even if it's a friendly not just an open cup so yeah try to go that route and you like you said you moved you know, six some years ago, it looks like that's when the trophies really started rolling in. At least as far as your website goes back, maybe before 2012, to, there's uh there's no hit, there's no trophies there, or you guys haven't quite uh, quite remembered which ones you won. But once you guys moved to Broomfield, <laughs> it was like every year, three, four, five different trophies from from different tournaments from the Colorado Premier League, all that stuff. Did yeah, you I mean, would you attribute that to? You know, quality of the field or just cool new location? Um, um, well, I mean, it's definitely a big part up, of it. Like in terms of the league, you know, like from going to the Boulder to playing the CPL. Yeah. Um, there's more quality teams and all that. The, the fields, you know, honestly, Pleasant View is a pretty sick complex, man. So I would take, you know, one or two of those grass fields over things at Broomfield. But um, the, the, the trend out here compared to where I grew up in Pennsylvania is turf. And oh, it's yeah. all about the field turf. So. Mm-hmm. When it gets cooler, or if we have a, a bigger game against like a bigger rival, we'll play on like the large championship turf field, as they call it at Broomfield. 
So that's cool. That's nice. Um, yeah. But um, title-wise and all that, yeah, when we were in Boulder, we were, we were, I was still playing a ton. Yeah, you know, guys got to the, I guess, the end of their tenure, so to speak, and you know, they were anywhere from 33 to 38, 39, and they're having kids, and they didn't, you know, they didn't want to go and play. There wasn't over 35 league or over 40, so they kind of culled it, and then I rebuilt the team and real kind of rebuilt, built the club really, like, you know, with a couple core guys from CU Boulder, the college, and then that's when we started to become more of a an actual team, and then you know, more of a club, and and, and said, well, let's test ourselves and. And luckily enough, we won. Yeah. So you guys compete, like you mentioned, in the Colorado Premier League. Uh, and the existence of which, like, the fact that that exists implies to me that there is just a super solid soccer environment out there nestled amongst the Rockies. Tell us a little bit about what the soccer scene is like in Colorado. Yeah, sure. It's um, it's it's disjointed. <laughs> you know? It, like... In terms of structure, that's the one thing that kind of stands out to me. But yeah. the one thing I didn't realize until someone said it, even on Twitter, like maybe three months ago, was that we truly get to play like year round, even though we have winter weather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of places, even where like I grew up, they don't, They it's like college. They either do a fall or a spring season, you know, for men's or women's like college ball. Like they don't do both, right? Yep. And so we do both. Like we play uh, fall league is August until Thanksgiving. And then we used to do the semi-pro indoor, the PASL, which is now the MASL2. And so you could play, aside from the holidays, play that from December until March. And then we would go right into uh, spring season from like spring break until July. So for a couple of years there, we were playing year-round and playing, God, with indoor, 50, 75, 100 games of all types and trainings. So it was insane. Yeah, that's a that's amazing, and it's it's one of those things where how many teams are in the Colorado Premier League? Uh, right now there's ten. Okay. So there's ten in the first division. I think there's ten in the second division. They have an over thirty league, and then they have an over forty, and I think they even have an like over. It's random, but I think they have like an over forty eight. <laughs> well, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, which which you know I could probably almost qualify for. I'm 41 now, so I'm like. Uh, Man, but, those two um, years make a difference, though. Yeah. 48 to 50. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, even 30 to 35, you know, you, you see different different sorts out there, if you if you will. So it's it's uh it's interesting, but it's a good it's a good level. And then um, you know what I what I think is really cool is that you know between like us FC Denver, who's a rival, we're playing an Open Cup this coming weekend. Um, our, our our tribal from other league, and then also CPL. They're on hiatus right now. They're called Azteca FC. Mm-hmm. Like they really helped, you know, raise the bar. Like we might have got the initial recognition, but then they came in and pushed us. And you know, especially Azteca, they gave us some fits. They they bring in players, and you know, they beat us a couple times, and that was hard um, for us. And you know, we, we always persevere. But um, what was excellent about that is that these teams live in CPL, but then it spawned a whole UPSL league that wanted to break off and do their own thing because they had their own vision. Yeah. Um, And then there's also Soccer Latina, which has like 10 or 20 teams. And then depending on which geographic kind of city town you go to up and down what we call the front range, Mm I-25. I mean, there's probably between Pueblo, which is down near New Mexico, to Colorado Springs, to Denver, to Boulder, to Fort Collins and Greeley, and then towards Vail and the mountains. I'd say there's at least 100 competitive teams. Wow. 
Nice. And and we sit in the top ten, right? And we usually win the top league, but like it's for real. It's way different than I ever envisioned it. But I think it's it's grown tremendously, especially the last two or three years. Yeah, I mean that would be John. Could you imagine if there was a hundred truly competitive teams that were playing each other constantly and just in Minnesota? I mean, we have probably about twenty. Yeah, but we I mean, but mm-hmm. there's over there's over six hundred um, men's soccer teams in Minnesota. Right, uh, it's just it's just a, mat- a matter of where the talent bubbles up to. Um, but yeah, if, if we had if we had that many competitive, we wouldn't have to play in the NPSL. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, and when I say that, I think John, that's actually a really good like contextual point. Is like, yeah. I mean, you're saying six hundred, we say a hundred, but like, yeah. I mean, it's. It's crazy between the leagues and the tournaments and then, um, you know, the one-off type things. You see a lot of that. Or tournaments that don't get enough recognition um, in some ways. Like we played this Copa Alianza tournament, which is technically they label themselves as the largest Hispanic tournament in the, in the country. And, uh, you know, bring scouts. Kids get scholarships. They get looked at if they wouldn't before. Like, really? there's some serious talent. I mean, we played – when we made it to nationals in 17, when we went out there to play – all those teams were all pros. Like when we played Brishna from New York City, that was like dead guys from the Afghani national team. Um, all USL pros, uh, second division or indoor pro Mexican players, MASL indoor players. Like it's it's funny. Like if you want to kind of peel back the onion and really go looking, like there's a lot of quality ball out there and it gets overlooked. And so we decided to kind of to dive in head first and see where we stood. And it was a good challenge. Yeah. So we're sponsored by a brewery, but you uh, you best us in your sponsor <laughs> your sponsorship um, for your club. Tell us a little bit about your breakup with your former sponsor and how you got hooked up with Oscar Blues. Oh, Oscar Blues <laughs> is so trendy. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's um, this is, this is a club shop conversation. So we'll yeah, what? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I, that, I didn't forget everything that day. Yeah, I didn't yeah. forget everything that day. No, man, it was awesome. Um, Basically, I'm Colombian, um, adopted gringo. It's a long story, but basically a guy I worked with who's native, she's Colombian, became really good friends. Her husband ended up going working for our former sponsor, Avery Brewing, who I think makes like absolutely incredible beer, like it, portfolio-wise. So amazing. Like yeah, really lights good. out. Like, you know, they're up there with, you know, people know regionally, they, they'll know Bells or here there's a, an up-and-coming one called Weldworks or Dogfish Head back east, you know, like grew up with that. Like they're stone IPA, like they're they're yeah. that level. They make some stuff, but anyway, um, friend of friend got connected, worked with their marketing team, built relationship, uh, sponsorship, money, tons of beer, probably more beer than they want us to disclose. I feel like we kind of <laughs> broke up when we said how much free beer they gave us because it was insane. That we drank all of it. Um, yeah, it was it was it was it was awesome, man. I mean, I think our Wikipedia page, which I've never touched and which none of our guys have touched had the Avery symbol on the front of it for three years, you know, <laughs> that tells you what you know. um, but all good things come to an end and there's always a next chapter. Right. And, um, you know, we were always dating, but we were never married per se. And, um, so, you know, they wanted to go a different route and it kind of surprised us, but we appreciated the, the candor and, um, you know, they focused on the passions of their management team, which are cycling and, and skiing and, and biking and climbing. And so, you know, soccer was a little erroneous to that. And uh, we had a good five, six-year run. Um, so then, you know, we were a little bit in purgatory. Like, well, what are we going to do? We, we weren't planning on that. Like, all of our guys are were Avery people, you know? But um, <laughs> And all of our wags and families and dogs and you know. Yeah, um, dogs. Everyone was 
kitted out, like dog collars, leashes, bowl. I mean, it was insane. We were literally like, I mean, I still feel in some ways I'm like a de facto employee. Um, but um, we searched around. We looked at our options. New Belgium is already in, in bed with other folks here in Colorado. We wanted big beer. We wanted good beer. Um, but we also wanted the brand. We wanted the presence. We wanted to be able to collaborate and learn from a, a business and a partner. Um, Odell, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar yeah, with or yep. not. Yep. They sponsor the Rapids. So they literally have bars at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. and you know, So they're, they're taken. And when we looked around, I live in Longmont, and that's the you know international anti-corporate headquarters, as they put it, um, for Oscar <laughs> Blues, and um, a sales guy. And you know, I I basically reached out and you know had some quick conversations and emails, and and they they were receptive, which I thought was really cool because they're they have other interests too, like mountain biking. They sponsor a NASCAR team. They do other things like that. A lot of community-based stuff. Um, but they're they're aggressive, you know. They're aggressive in how they market with their the drinking and even you know cannabis and whatever else. It's pretty funny actually. And um, they're like bullshit pub team. Like you're perfect. You're perfect for us. <laughs> and I was like, let's go, dude. It's fucking awesome. So make it happen. Um, we we put together a, a, a little formal agreement and you know money and gear and all these other things and, and events and. Obviously, we want to hype them in return, and they have multiple brands too. So um, that was earlier this year, and it's been, you know, for us, it's still a burgeoning relationship. Honestly, it's still it's still something we're 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 building and developing together. So enjoying it. What yeah, is it about fun. breweries that it feels like they are uniquely like attuned to the <laughs> to the, like the culture of sponsoring a, a soccer team? Right, well, I think, like it feels I, like that relationship is usually a good one. I think it's it goes it goes kind of to like a like a, a tribal perspective, to be honest. Because if you think mm-hmm. about soccer soccer fans, like you, you join your tribe with whatever team you're on, or your or your the town you're in, or or you know the badge you like, the colors of the team, whatever it may be that draws you into it, a player or or um, or a manager, and then. You, you totally go in all in behind it. So, and then with breweries, you, you, you know, everyone has a favorite beer. You kind of lock on to the breweries that have the, the, the thing that kind of tickles your taste buds. So I think that's, that, that draws a really good connection to the two. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid and um, obviously I mentioned my age already, but like um, I'm a Man United fan. So we always had, Sharp, you know, and electronic sponsors, but I, I distinctly remember uh, Gianluca Vialli wearing a Chorus-sponsored Chelsea jersey, and mm-hmm. I distinctly remember, you know, Liverpool being Carlsberg, and you know, you would see these different beer things like that were global then. And yeah. then when we got here, it was like, well, dude, we like to drink, like we like to drink. <laughs> we're, we're sponsored by a pub, like they have all these beers in the bar, like you know, Colorado started to grow for craft beer, so it was it was like. A no-brainer. It was like shame on us if we don't. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. If you <laughs> like, want to wear a sponsor on your shirt and you're a lower-level team, you have the luxury of making sure that that sponsor reflects the personality of your club, right? Like, whereas, like you know, if you're owned by someone from the United United Arab Emirates, you're gonna just wear Emirates <laughs> on your kit, <laughs> and you can't. Yeah. And that's too bad, right? But like, you guys get the chance, and to you cho- fly to, first class, right? Platinum. Pretty much. <laughs> but you guys get the chance to pick and choose, and decide. that's kind of a that's kind of something that's unique to to lower level soccer. I feel. 
Yeah. I mean, I think they get it. Like for us in Colorado, like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a hashtag too, right? It's like work hard, play hard mm-hmm. or like work life balance. And I think Oscar Blues is like, I mean, dude, there's not a better example probably in America. I mean, this guy comes from Alabama, like with nothing, opens a bar, decides to put live music in a town of like a couple hundred people. It takes off. And then he gets the revolutionary idea, literally, to put craft beer, which was still completely nouveau at the time, in a can. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, (laughs) basically, why are you drinking alcohol like in public during prohibition? Like, you're going to get arrested. And uh, he was like, fuck off, literally. And, um, there you go. And it's changed the world. And so he made a fortune off of it. An amazing entrepreneur, Dale. And Dale's Pale Ale. Yep. And everyone's copied it. Everyone wants to be it. And he's literally living the dream. I ran into him two weeks ago at the Tasty Weasel Tap Room. And we talked for a minute. And it was just like mind-blown, you know? I mean, the Bill Gates of beer. You know, the Steve Jobs mm-hmm. of beer, like unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're proud to be associated with him there. What, uh, what do you think the key to longevity is? is as a lower league soccer organization because you guys have been around since probably i graduated high school right 1997 or something like that <laughs> dude i was rocking and rolling in 97 i was in my <laughs> taking names yep hanging out with chicks uh no hanging I, mean, out I, with, think... I swear to god i was hanging out with chicks just, yeah, just dri- doing it just driving just <laughs> driving a camaro with the top down <laughs> Oh no 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 no! There was no open hair 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 chest gold medallions. It was it was it was it was, it was good. It was a good time. But um, no, I mean I think for for us uh, it's easy. It's passion. I mean, no doubt. Like yeah, per- perseverance, uh, fiscal responsibility. If you want to consider that kind of stuff. But no, it's passion. Yeah. I mean the the reason everyone's involved, whether it's city, Detroit city, you know our, our friends are there. Um, any club that just comes out of nowhere, like that Runham FC out of Philly that has DeVito like on the front of their shirt, like what? Uh, bear fight, mm-hmm. like passion. Like if you're not passionate about, you know, not really just football, soccer as a sport, but really what it does, like we were talking about, like the brewery, like, you know, the tribe, like the tribal mentality, like bringing people together, making people better, getting connected, building lifelong relationships, helping each other out you know, being mentors for me and for us, the guys know it. Like it's all about, um, we're creating leaders. Like we're, that's one of our hashtags is winning in life. Like we're creating leaders. I'm, we're not just developing or looking to push on soccer players. It's, it's about winning in life. And, and I think that's a big part of it because as a fraternal type organization, in my mind, uh, as soccer players at any level, it's a four year cycle. And so, you know, we have different guys come and go through the frat, so to speak. And, you know, the, the, the passion is what keeps them and us going to continue to be um, consistent and, and to try to be more successful and off the field every year. So speaking of passion, regionally there's no organization that's much more passionate and has the longevity that the Bavarians do, of course, out of Milwaukee, mm-hmm. John's yeah. old club. Um, and you guys are a lot like the Bavarians in that you don't really give a fuck where you are in the soccer pyramid as long as you're you're doing it the way that you feel you're doing it right and you're going to play anyone that wants to bring it and i think that that's that's kind of a cool attitude because if i read this right your website says that you have played against the mexican men's national team is that true yeah it's super true man. it's it was... super true how did <laughs> how the fuck did you pull that off so how did you get the mexican men's national team to come up to boulder colorado and play you guys 
Well, it's pale ale, man. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's all the beer. It's a all pale beer. ale. You know, <laughs> offline before they were randomly CONCACAF tested, we, we gave them some edibles. No, no. It's like, for real, it was um, basically CU Boulder. So University of Colorado Boulder built like a $40 million athletic complex. It's it's state-of-the-art. Like it, it's, it's better than what the Rapids have, in my opinion. It's, it's better than what Air Force has. So that's kind of like the top three here in Colorado. And yeah. so because of that... And because of, um, you know, they have a women's program with Title IX. There's club soccer for men and then D1 for women's. Like, but everything is just tippy top. And so the Gold Cup, the games came through here. And the one of our friends who's the assistant head coach at CU Boulder, his name is Jason Green. He's a total bro, as we say. And he <laughs> he's like, listen, man, I'm going to have some men's national teams coming through here and, like, training and doing all of their work at CU, like, you potentially be interested in scrimmaging and you know other teams were involved too right other local sides um, yep. um but we were like yeah so long story short calls us and says hey can you play tnt trinidad and tobago like the the day before and i was like I, we want to i'm like but there's no way like all my guys were gone i was like there's no way we can do it and i, I just cringed i was literally like crying inside like yeah like that was it that was the it chance just, yeah that's it i'm done you know like it's, you know, it got voted off the island, and you're just like, ah. But it's like, okay. So then, sure enough, I said, listen, if you give me 24 hours notice, tops, tippy, tippy, tops in a time frame, you know, we'll try to do it. So sure enough, um, we train only on Wednesday nights, and he pinged me Wednesday at, like, noon and said, hey, can you be here at 9 a.m. on on the print-up field, you know, the $100,000, amazing, the best field in Colorado. It's better than Dick's, it's better than Rapids. Uh, can you be here at like 9 a.m. to play Mexico? You know, they're getting ready to play Curacao in the Gold Cup. They need a prep with Juan Carlos Osorio, who's a fellow Colombian. I was like, fuck yeah, we're in. And um, <laughs> so, and, but it was cool, man. So we, we showed up and, and we didn't bring like our starting 11. We brought like 18 dudes and we brought veterans and guys who've been with us forever. And, you know, we just said, hey, we're listening. We're here at your disposal. What do you, what would you like us to do? What's the scenario? How do you want to go about this? And, um, you know, we had to sign all the CONCACAF waiver forms. Pretty funny. We're, we're literally rolling in and, and everyone took off work and knowing that we're going to go to the bar afterwards and just totally have a great day together. Like, <laughs> and um, they, they come in on the bus and they're like, okay. And, and so it, it, was, it was kind of mind-boggling. As know, a team, ways, that's just got to be like a great soccer day. Like it sounds like uh, you guys are all, like you said, you're all – the brotherhood is real. To be able to roll up and, and experience that together had to have been truly amazing. It, it, you know, what what really made me happy was to see the look on the guys' faces, especially the guys that play for us who are Mexican. Mm-hmm. Like, it was literally a dream come true for them. Like, out of the blue, yeah. got, they got the call for me. They're like, oh, my God, are you kidding, Johnny? Like, are you kidding? And I was like, no, dude, this is for real. Like, Eggy, you got to be here tomorrow at night. Like, it's time to go. We're coming out to, you know, to ball out. Like, let's go. I can't <laughs> so imagine. That was amazing. I mean, they're like, they're basically in tears. And so um, it was a structured scrimmage. Um, Juan Carlos Osario, I just call him like JCO. He, he knew what he wanted. So, you know, people took pictures. We signed the forms. It was very formal. He says, no autographs known in this until the end. It's going to be very controlled and managed during the scrimmage. I want to stop this. I want to do whatever. I said, listen, man, you know, we'll do whatever you need to do. But, like, my guys can play. But, like, obviously we haven't played a national team before. So let's see how it goes. And um, it's kind of crazy. And I'm not going to name the team name. I don't want to be disrespectful. But a couple of days before, they needed a game. They brought in a local um, Mexican side to play. 
And I guess they were only out there for like two minutes, and, and Juan Carlos Osorio kicked him off the field and told him what? He just said, "This is a waste of our time. Get out. You're not good enough." And so it was actually 60 seconds. It was a minute. <laughs> and so we were told that by the CU coaches, and they said, like, basically, you know, represent. Don't embarrass yourselves. Like, keep it real. I'm like, okay. And so that <laughs> was like our pregame huddle. I was like, listen, like, it was like eight seconds on the bowl. I was like, you guys better make it past 60 seconds, or I don't know what. You're all gonna pay me fucking money <laughs> and give me weed and give me beer because you're never gonna live it down. Like, go go show them what we got. And uh, we played them for 60 minutes, and they beat us two to one. And um, it was it was one of the best football experiences on and off the field that I've ever had. And, and, and surely the same for the squad. Wow. So do you find that from a, like, you, you know that I'm, I'm kind of our, our club's recruiter of talent, but do you, do you mm-hmm. find that um, from a recruitment perspective, things like that match um, on top, on top of the on-field success you've had in, in your league and in, you know, in cups um, as the years have gotten on uh, gets you the top talent in the area? Um, or do you kind of have a honeypot that you can kind of just dip in whenever you, you need to fill up, fill a hole? Um, I think, you know, we have like a multifaceted approach to recruiting, like you and I were speaking about before at the shop. Um, but I think the most powerful thing is word of mouth. So referrals through our own guys and then friends and friends of friends. But yeah, something like that's huge, right? Cause you know, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we can post, um, you know, pictures and share, and then everyone else hears within the, you know, basically in the local scene, dude, you know, Harper's just played Mexico, that's crazy, like, you know, how'd that, how'd that happen, and like, how did they do, or like, you know, and then the other team, you know, didn't work out for them so well, or whatever, and so there's a lot of word of mouth, we, we aren't really in the business, and it's not our style to go and recruit players from other teams, but mm-hmm. I will say, candidly, that other players from other teams reach out to us, relatively avidly. Oh, John, you know what that's um, like. Yeah, so, we find that we find the same thing. Yeah, I mean, not all the time, like here and there, but it, it's it's always interesting. And sometimes it's guys like I know, and you never expect it. And they're like, "Hey, man, can you like keep this on the DL? Like, I got your number from a friend. Like, um, you know, can I come train? Like, I I see what's going on. I want to be a part of it, or at least try to be a part of it. And um, so to me, that's uh, we're flattered. You know, I think it just uh, even if we we always say win or learn, but let's say lose. If we lose a game regardless who the team is like we, we still usually get told through the great friend or after the match like hey you know we still respect you guys it was great to play you guys and but we feel the same way too like we don't we don't look down at anyone like every game is a battle and so it's uh it's a it's a good um it's a good balance with that right um in terms of recruiting and bringing guys in that we want and then also diamonds and rough come out of nowhere um it's a long-winded answer, but, but this is a perfect yeah. example. Um, we really needed a guy up top who could be not really a number nine, like hold and distribute and all that kind of stuff, but we needed a finisher. And um, I recruited this kid who's he's a talent. His name's Trevor Amon, and he plays at Colorado School of Mines. And oh, Mines! Re- really good D2 school. They're always in the top 20, if not top 10. One of our guys is assistant coach there. So I saw, I saw his CV, saw him, watched him play last year, and I thought, man, we need this guy. But is he really going to come play for us this summer? No way. He should play NPSL or PDL. Sure enough, sure enough, after we played Detroit City, uh, he signs with Detroit City. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. Good for him. He had a good run, all this other stuff. So comes back to us, find out through the grapevine. Guess what? He's leaving school of mines. He's looking to transfer. He needs somewhere to play this fall. <sighs> he texts me. I didn't even text him. Um, and boom, he's on our open cup squad and he's our number nine. And he's nice. Fucking good. 
you know? So it's, sometimes it's happenstance. Like, right. And, and, and other times we, we go get it. Yeah. So it, it's a good balance. You're, we, ran into, we ran into that last summer with Brandon Bai, who yep. is a top, oh, yeah. five, a, a top five MPSL draft pick who gets my information and, and texts me that he's in town for a, an internship for the summer at General Mills, and he needs a place Ke- to train and play before, or sorry, Kellogg's before he goes off to back <laughs> for his senior year. And it's just like, uh, yeah, I know who you are, and yeah, you can come and play. <laughs> and now, John, what rookie of the year candidate? Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's excellent. And right now, right now, our cousins across across the river, uh, Minnesota United, are probably kicking themselves that they selected another forward instead of a outside right back like him. Yeah, I guess probably could have used that guy when every one of our wingbacks got hurt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, Johnny, cool, uh, uh, the, the Harpo's official, unofficial hashtag is hashtag bullshit pub team. Um, of course, thanks to your, your bar origins, right? And, yeah. and a lot like Minneapolis City, you seem to, I think it feels like you, you kind of revel in this DIY attitude, which makes winning all those trophies and playing teams like Mexico and this brotherhood that you guys have, it makes that all better, right? You are um, you're playing to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup right now, like you just mentioned. And mm-hmm. in amateur soccer circles, you've got some some name recognition. Do you have? Does the team have any designs on moving into a league like the NPSL uh, or anything like that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think um, it was after like the second Open Cup run, so it was like sixteen, which yeah. was our last one. Um, that's when, for for me personally, and the guy guys and our staff and I think even some of the veterans are like well what's it what, what would it take to move to the next level like what would it be like if we could to join or to explore what it would cost you know all those fun thing questions you know an NPSL um, or a PDL even and then um, you know even when as far as USL like dude you know could we could we find a sugar daddy and like do this because like I, I can't you know um, I can't I can't swing that my I don't have a 10 or 20 million dollar net worth so um, you know, <laughs> neither does John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet Imagine here we that, are. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but no, it, it, to be honest, it turned me on to the business side of soccer because I really didn't give a shit before and I knew it was all political and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I started to study. Uh, I started, you know, read all the books, Soccernomics, you know, A through Z, um, became, um, I looked up to Peter Wilt, you know, I did my homework and mm-hmm. so I connected with him and reached out to him and, he was super just like helpful and congenial and transparent with like any questions that I had. And then that ended up becoming the early inklings of NISA. So we did an MDA with them. We met with millionaire and billionaire investors here in Colorado and outside of Colorado through his connections. Um, like it, we went on, you know, the down the yellow brick road and, um, you know, USL as well during the process, but it really was an NISA thing. And then that didn't feel right and didn't, you know, didn't work out. And so, um, I think we, we, to me, it's, it was like, all right, well, we want to play at a higher level. What does that mean? And, but we're also not going to join any league, you know, just to slap a badge on and say that we were part of whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because frankly, we don't need it. Um, the guys, the other part of that too, is when you, you know, mature and go and, and make an investment like that. And, and join a you know higher level league. You know, do we retain who we are? We don't want to lose like our soul. You don't want to sell our soul, and that was what was going to happen with with USL and ESA. People told us that straight up. Like, 
Yeah, whatever. So it's like, gotta be that... gotta be right time. It's gotta be the right situation. You're no, you guys are in no rush to yeah, uh, I mean, to make this a bigger thing. Well, we definitely were, and and in some ways still are. But it's um, you know, if you look at it as objectively as possible and strategically as possible as a business, you know, you're the people that are going to be part of your um, your conference or division, um, part of your league, the front office, all those things. I mean, you know, I look at that with like super you know crystal clear focus and say okay well this all has to add up and not just one facet of it Mm -hmm. all of it does Mm -hmm. because if it doesn't add up and that's a concern and two you know the roi piece of it that's the hardest part of you know or lower level non-league or semi-pro soccer is is the lifespan of these clubs you know or even someone like um we looked at kids at pumas right They're around for like 11 years, and then just after a while, they just couldn't do it. They couldn't maintain, let alone scale. And um, so in that regard, that's what's really kind of um, made us go down that yellow brick road and then kind of pull back and say, you know what? It's not the right time for us. It's maybe not even us internally, like the right group. Um, you know, we need to make sure if we do this that we do it with the right partners, and I think that's where we're at. We need more strategic partners, investors to do it the way that we think it should be done, um, and not lose our identity or our soul or or our really kind of our community mission. Yeah, I think in general, that's a great growth strategy for lower league soccer, right? I think we get asked a lot of questions. We, I think we were just asked last week, like, when are we? When are you guys gonna? grow your youth organization or when are you going to add a women's team or when are you going to add the U19 squad and all that and it's like whoa whoa slow down like just because we've had a couple good years here the team's not just going to start throwing money at you know making itself bigger and better I love when people ask those questions it's like who do you think's going to run that shit (laughs) (laughs) we're literally podcasting in our basement yeah Yeah. exactly yeah it's like yeah we had a club shop but Shit doesn't grow on trees, man. I, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. Um, well, so we're relatively young as a club, and, and I mean, we'll get there at one point from a longevity perspective, but how has it been in recent years for you trying to transition out maybe some of the players that have brought you the success on the field and, and been part of that brotherhood, but age is catching up with them or, or kind of life events are too much? Um you know, and the, and that young blood's coming in that's excited and, and you want to continue to have success in the field with them. You know, how, how are you going about that transition? Asking, yeah, no, for, a fr- asking, asking for a friend. I was going to say, this question, <laughs> this question feels like it's hitting a little close to home, John. <laughs> oh, dude. No, I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, to be honest, it's really hard because um, – I feel like we have an interesting kind of structure and, and, and maybe a little bit of a, a different culture in the sense that like we don't have, and, and freely speaking, I don't have, you know, 10 different people that I can rely on to do all these kind of different things. I do a lot of it, which I think, you know, a lot of the guys who are owners and managers would raise their hands and, and say the same thing. So, you know, we're all in the same boat together. Um, and that's where the passion is, is immeasurable. But that's where it's also, um, you know, one of my mentors that I study, read, watch since I was a kid, but even more so now is Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, and he's the boss. And, um, you know, I think he was pretty hardcore (laughs) with the line that he had and how ruthless he could be. But I don't think there's ever been a manager that's cared more for his players, especially after they've gone, um, than him. 
and you see that like in the camp the letter that's posted recently and all those other kinds of things like he really he got it you know again he was developing people for life and staying in touch with them and, and treating them with, with respect and class um, you know beyond the pitch so to speak and and so that's how we are so but in, unlike him where he has this fine line in the sand he's like listen don't cross this line you know I am also one of the guys I am one of the bros so that's what's really hard is to be um, strategic and objective and um, ruthless, honestly, at some at some points, but also you know still be friends and and you know retain and 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 earn that respect and keep that respect over time. So now, yeah, like our our class from like the last four years is um, they started to get on a bit, right? Like. Um, I got guys who were probably 20, uh, 23, 24, you know, and even some 24, 25, but now it's, you know, father time catches up, mm-hmm. um, unforeseen injuries. My best center back, left back, first name on the team sheet guy comes to me and says, hey, I have a degenerative hip issue out of nowhere. I got to retire. I can't play next week. I'm done. I'm like, what are you talking what? about, man? Yeah, uh, right. Um, like just crushing for him and obviously for everybody. Um, one of our best players, this guy, Ben Donovan was just lights out for, you know, a couple of years and then he got hurt and then he got hurt again. It was knees and surgeries and he bounced back. And then, you know, finally he got another knock and then it was like, dude, you know, they basically told me if you want to walk and carry your kids up and down the stairs or potentially even ski and stuff, you know, you have to stop. And so that was, we lost in the last year alone, we lost nine of our pillars, nine. Um, because yeah. of injuries, moving away, getting married, grad school, y- you name it. So it's been a wholesale, like... Rebuilding we, year. Yeah, like line change. And not necessarily knowing in some cases where those replacements or new guys were going to come from. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I look at our... Well, I mean, I see it every day, right? It's in the house. I see the, you know, the pictures they gave me and things like that. I look at that every day when I wake up, and it's like, holy crap, like... Oh wow, yeah, he's been gone for four years. Or wow, he's gone, and and then I look at the Open Cup roster, like us even versus say FC Denver, and they've got they've got one guy from back in the day. They've got the center back Joel Miller, and he's the only one. And I've got from that era, I've still got five or six of those guys, you know. But I don't have twenty of them. You know? mm-hmm, yeah, right. And um, so yeah, like Trevor, as I mentioned, it's kind of, he 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 probably be disgusted for me to say it hopefully he doesn't hear this um but like <laughs> he was he was born in 98 and when i saw that i literally spit my beer out i was like god you fucking kidding me like am i really that old like that's insane <laughs> <laughs> but then you know you look and one of our our club captain he was born in 86 and you go damn he's still doing this like mm-hmm. and he's doing it well <laughs> like so it's um it's been yeah and in, in a lot of ways a, a rebuilding and a learning year because the last two years have been hard uh, where we didn't qualify and you know, we, we missed out on winning Copa Allianz and Nationals and certain things that, you know, we wanted to do. We, yeah, we won some silverware and all that, but um, I remember more of the um, learning experiences than I do all the wins sometimes, you know what I mean? Sure. All right, so the easy questions are now over <laughs> and now is time for the world-famous Lupient Automotive Speed Round. 
Um, what would you say if I told you there was a place where you get a magic flying car? I have not found that place yet, but the great folks at Lupian Automotive are fantastic at finding the right ride that drives on land for you. <laughs> head on down to Golden Valley and check out their inventory um, or head over to lupian.com um, for all things car. Okay, so Johnny, here's how the speed round works. There's 10 questions. Um, I cannot move to the next question until you provide an answer. So uh, that's that's the only Ooh. rule. Um, okay. I ask everyone, like, do you like? Do you need to get another beer for this? Like, do you need a stretch? Are you are you I'm good gonna to go? get another one. <laughs> All mm-hmm. right. Well, well, why don't you go grab another beer and then we will we'll, we'll kick back in when you're ready. Oh no no you can get you can go. I'm, I'm, uh, all I'm right. Thinking. Yeah. All right. So first question. Sure. Uh, you're you're a you're a Pennsylvania guy, right? Yeah. That, that's actually not the first question. That's part of the first question. Uh, <laughs> what's the, what is the first name of this famous three-time NFL MVP Baltimore Colt quarterback dubbed the Golden Arm who hails from Pittsburgh? Is it Johnny Unitas? It is Johnny Unitas. Question yeah. two. What is the last name of this English poet who has won 15 awards for his Lancastershire dialect and lyrical poetry, and by the time of his death in 1978, was listed uh, in the third edition of the Who's Who of the World. Oh my gosh. In 78, you said? I should yes. know that. I don't. I'm, I don't. I should know it. Uh... So I'm looking for a last name There's here. There's only so... one reason you should know it. Yeah, there's only one reason you should know it. So funny, I'm good like Jeopardy stuff. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's, Just not, throw, it, it's not a historical figure, obviously. It's not like, I mean, obviously, I started talking about Shakespeare and Dickens and whoever else, but like, um, what am I blanking on? Just, just throw out a last name. Uh. Uh, that is incorrect. It is Nicholas Freeston. So if you're if you're following along at home, uh, we got Johnny Unitas and Nicholas Freeston. So Johnny Love Freeston. It. We we do it with everybody, and, and no one no one picks up <laughs> that when we ask for a first name and then ask for a last name. That it's usually the person we're talking to. Anyways, uh, number three, uh, you're a defender uh, from your playing days, correct? Yep. Uh, so who was the guy growing up that you pretended you were when you were playing in the backyard? Oh, man. Uh, I was a right back, so it was probably Cafu. I loved Cafu from Brazil. <laughs> Cafu, yeah. I thought he was sick. Um, everything he did was amazing, um, and obviously he was successful too. But the guy that I looked up to the most, who I thought the, probably even now, I still think he's the best natural defender of all time, is uh, Paolo Maldini from AC Milan. Oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, number four, what's your favorite moment of being a part of Harpo's of all time? Oh, man. Um, I think when we beat BYU, that's what I have listed on the website. I'll stick with that. So, you know, we had a pretty good squad, but we weren't expected to win. It was a huge pitch. All the gamesmanship stuff. They turned on the sprinklers when we were warming up. They didn't give us balls to warm up with. The match commissioners were all against us, everybody. Um, they're young and fit. They had uh, a couple guys that were going to go pro. And um, we basically played 
uh, I wouldn't call it Mourinho, but we played our style at the time with the weapons that we had. And then we took him to double OT. And then um, our keeper, Zach Gibbons, who's still with us, he, uh, we call him beast mode. And so he saved, I think he saved one of their penalties. They went, he psyched some guy out. He went wide or twice. And then we made all of ours and we won in front of all their fans. And uh, that was, that was monumental because that night at the only bar in Salt Lake City that was open past 11 o'clock, um, that's where we um, came up with the name. One of our players, Tyler Stratford, came up with the hashtag bullshit pub team. Um, oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that's my best memory. So since they turned the sprinklers on on you guys, did you uh, leave the water running in the locker room when you left? Well, there happened to be a whiteboard <laughs> and there happened to be a pen. And there was a bunch of things bunch of things that were, were written um, that aren't worth saying here. And um, ironically, some of our guys ended up playing for, at the time, Real Colorado Fox's PDL team. And when they went back, it was still on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and took a picture of it in Texas. So, yeah. There's always a whiteboard and a pen. I, I, I don't understand why teams let that happen because I have drawn a penis or two on whiteboards. Leaving <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, locker rooms. <laughs> no, we, we always take advantage of having our, our coolers full of beer and hot boxing, so that's that. <laughs> uh, all right, so number five, if you're stranded on a desert island and you can have one condiment for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, man. Oh, that's insane. Um, <laughs> one? Um, yeah, just one condiment. Carini's seems... Italian dressing from Meadville, Pennsylvania. It's the, it's the best Carini dressing whoa. I've ever had in my life. I like it. Very specific. <laughs> Our goalkeeper coach like immediately said relish, Ugh. and which is oh, like the weird, <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. Relish thing. too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, no wrong answers, but that was definitely wrong. <laughs> that's, that's rough, dude. Like, don't want to be on the island with you, buddy. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All right. So number six, um, Harpo was a Marx brother. Name one of the other Marx brothers. Groucho. Uh, can you name more than Groucho? Uh, Har- uh, Harpo, Groucho. I want to say Max or Leopold, but I know I'm making stuff up. They're German. <laughs> uh, that uh, th- those are all incorrect. <laughs> you got I, I mean, you got Groucho, but that, that one's yeah. easy. Uh, all right, number number uh, seven. Everyone gets a would you rather question. So yours is, would you rather go back to age 15 and know everything you know right now or be able to see 15 years in the future? Oh, man. Um, I'm a history <laughs> major, so I'm, I'm a history major. I, I'd say go back. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, what I could do with the knowledge I have right now as a 15 year old. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a hot tub time machine. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So number eight, um, who is the, the one squad that you would like to put your guys up against? I mean, uh, the, the, I mean, if it's fantasy, then like the new documentary that's on Pep and, and Barcelona, that dream team, I would love to play that team. Um, they, they beat the, the best teams that were around and some of the, didn't matter the style, if they grafted, if they were bigger, they're faster, all that stuff. I mean, they're arguably one of the best teams ever at, at any level. I'd want to play them. 
so like I said, there are no wrong answers, but the right answer would have been Minneapolis City. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might happen anyway, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, may, may, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Right. Uh, all right, so number nine, do you have your phone handy? Yeah. All right, so go to your pictures and scroll back five pictures, and what is it a picture of? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Hold on. I hit the wrong button. Hold on. Um, it's a picture, it's a video of me screaming out loud on the way to training on Wednesday night, singing Van Halen, Panama. It's on classic. <laughs> I was just driving, it came on, and I was like, Panama. I'm like, I'm going to tape myself doing it. So that was it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so last question. Uh, if you were the president of the USSF, what's the one thing you'd change in soccer? Uh, get rid of pay to play. Nice. That's a yeah. great answer. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, all right, man. Well, Johnny, we really appreciate you joining us and, and hope that one of these days we can finally lock horns with you guys on the pitch and then clearly rip it up in whatever town that happens in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but good luck. Good luck this weekend uh, in the Open Cup. You know, I, I think you, obviously I'm hitching my wagon to the Harpos. Maybe we'll end up in the same region since we were locked in with New York <laughs> last year. Um, maybe, right. maybe we'll end up out west for our regional qualifier. Um, but I uh, really appreciate it, man, and looking forward to, uh, to continuing our, our connection uh, as we move forward. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Great to meet you. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to you know, ideally collaborating. And thanks for the good luck, man. It's going to be a battle. One game at a time. Right. All right. Thanks, exactly. Johnny. All right. Thank you. Cool. That is all for this week, folks. Big thanks to Johnny from Harpo's for joining us. Um, and as always, thank you so, so much to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. The weather is starting to turn and the bonfire, it's bonfire season. And you are now in luck because Summit was thinking of you with their newly released bonfire box. And Nate, it's almost like they said, can we make a collaboration of our beers and put it together just for John Bisworm? <laughs> <laughs> because they did. Thank you so much, Summit, for the Perfect. Uh, the name speaks for itself for the Bonfire Box, so head down to your local liquor store and buy six of them today. Summit Brewing, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If, you, if giving back to the community means a lot to you... Maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this summer out playing with kids in the parks and community centers around the city and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. Memberships are now available for 2019. Yes. I, can't believe, I can't believe I'm saying it. It's just around the corner of the season. They're on sale right now. 60 bucks gets you a ticket to every home game, uh, including any preseason or Open Cup games, and maybe even one against the Harpos, Nate. That would be so uh, cool. Uh, uh, it also gives you the fancy new membership scarf, the cool little credit card ticket thing, and um, some <laughs> <laughs> and much, much more that has yet to be released. So visit MPLSCitySC.com for more information. If you want to, it's very easy. Jake did it. Bryn does it all the time uh, to hit us up with questions. You can do so on Twitter at the people's pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And we remember we might feature. Wait, hold on. 
<laughs> if we remember, we if we remember to check the go, email. Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sorry, guys. Uh, clearly, we have our shit together. Clearly, um, we've had whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and a few uh, a few of the bonfire box uh, treats as well. Anyways, <laughs> if we remember, we might feature it on on the show. Uh, man, it really falls apart every show at this close. <laughs> Uh, that is all for this week, folks. Once again, we leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman Willis, aka Me Lays, with an original track for you called Loco. I am John. That was Johnny. That is Nate. Until next time, fam, you got hoofed. Got a lot of the ball lately. Yep. Balling on them like, like a ball bearing. Uh-huh. Solo local pulling hair. Crazy. What? Run the show like I ran. Aaron soon start going ball. Maybe what? people staring with that brum. Wearing. Wanna make uh, you a star, baby. Chromosome yeah. to the perfect parent. She way more than alright. Bad bitch in her genotype. Damn right, I'm tryna pipe. Only ride if the settles right. So high that settle light. Goosebumps from the linen. Goosebumps cause she's sinning. Baddie, touch her head. That's hidden. Drop and take like I'm finished. I should live in Finland. Couple homies speak Finnish. Pen to drug, penicillin. My pocket pissing is filling. My inner drive at the ceiling. Despicable how I'm feeling. Millions like minions. Star slash raps are built a team support not far. They bring the whole PR if only a sliver in my health bar. Underdog the way I come back. Overcast make them run last. In the club raining cats and dogs. Where the fuck the umbrellas at? Shooting magic bullets, no, I got the juice. Got a big head, need a wider noose. Yes. Can't feel my face, still it's kinda loose. Feel it, been the truth, not it approved. Not a chain look like glitter glue. Glitter. Other chain got a darker hue. You. Take a cruise, tip the whole crew. All whole fridge yeah. from yeah. Whole Foods. Yeah. I'm rock hard, stoned offline. Stone. First time that she rock climb. First. Treat me like some rock candy. Now she wants a rock wine. Well worded with a slight slang. Boss. She the same cause her tongue rang. Yum. Throw shade when she sunbathe. 50 bands with my heart hand. Just some G's and G events She villas chillin', we just venting Speaking French and hailing French She's trying to get the dream eventually Even if it takes a century I don't wanna be a Benji Decree to leave the gentry People starving, truckers, Bentley Money, we greet it And we pat down for the entry Each assembly, what? If they don't want us, then fuck it, then lie Team on my back, I still carry the cross Buy what I like, care less about the cards Writing with diamonds, I'm like Robert Frost Life is a movie, the scene is just saw You at the dentist, I'll leave you in awe Tell you what it is, laid on the law Flicking you up all I'm rolling the raw